I'm going to start my story a little different today. And it is a story at the beginning. This morning I was getting ready and uh, I was going to go out to Rudy's to pick up the barbecue while Brian was getting ready, come back and pick him up, and we're going to head on down. And so I was watching CNN and watching this little broadcast on beehives and people who raise bees and and take care of bees for honey and well for preservation of, of the hive. And it was very interesting. And uh, I turned that off and got in the car and drove to Rudy's and went in, got the barbecue, came out, and I realized I needed to get gas. So I went and you know got in the lane and filled up with gas. But as I got out of the car and I went up to put my credit card in the in the in the machine to pay for it, this little bee came up and it was just kind of flying all around in front of me and it'd go up and, and hit up against uh, the sign and then it'd come back towards me and just be right in my face and I'm trying to get away from it and trying to do the credit card and it's like, come on, you know, what what what's going on here? And then he flew off and then it flew back again while I was filling it up and and uh, so finally I waited till I thought it was gone and I got in the car and, and took off and didn't think much about it. And I reached over and I turned on NPR. I, I like to listen to NPR when I'm in the car. And they were introducing uh, Storyline, this uh, regular series they have on Sunday mornings. And it's people reading parts or telling about their books that they've written. And so... Uh, I, I turn it on, not knowing what story they're going to be telling, and it starts out, and the bees were swarming towards me. <laughs> and I'm going, what? <laughs> and it was this whole story of how somebody, this whole family that had moved from Detroit out into the countryside in Michigan, they had moved into this new home, and they got swarmed by bees, and their house just got filled up with bees. And I'm going, what's going on? Bees on CNN, a bee at the at the filling station, and now bees on the radio. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, am I supposed to watch out for bees today? Are you trying to tell me something? You know, is there is there going to be a, a a bee attack? And and then I got a very strong uh, indicator that it was about the etheric realm, because. When you're traveling the sound current, you're going to hear different sounds. You're going to hear sounds having to do with the physical level, with the astral level, with the causal level. And there's realm, the sounds on the realm of the etheric or the void or the unconscious, whichever you would like to call it. Each realm has particular sounds that correlate with the sound current and its movement as it carries us higher and higher on this river of loving back into the heart of God. And the sound of bees is the etheric realm, the unconscious realm. The sound of insects, crickets, bees, whatever that might be for you. So when I heard that and realized that, then I thought, okay, so that could be something that I could share about today. And I kind of forgot about it. And in meditation, I went into the etheric realm. I mean, I was out of body and right there. And in there, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. It is just truly the void. And 
I was in the void and I was being in the stillness and it was kind of nice. I can see why the Buddhists like the the void realm and call it their nirvana because it is still, it is quiet, there is no disturbance, there is no concern, there is just nothing. And so I was sitting there for a while in the nothing and then I felt myself looking around kind of like going, there's got to be something here. I've got to be here for a reason. And, and I'm looking around and there's nothing. And I'm listening and there's nothing. And I'm trying to feel and there's nothing. And so I go, okay, so it's nothing. And I just quieted down again inside myself and was with the nothing. And then I realized I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in the nothing. I like being in the movement of God's loving. I like being in the movement of awareness of who I am and who I am in spirit and how I'm moving forward and have awareness of that movement. But I also realized that when we talk and share a lot, we don't talk a lot about the etheric. We don't talk a lot about that unconscious realm. And yet there are times when people are talking about it, asking questions about it, and maybe we don't go into enough detail. The problem is, there is no detail. (laughs) There just is. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. So it is hard for us sometimes to share with you about that which is nothing. And, and yet I'm going to attempt to, to share a little bit about your journey and where nothingness, this, this void, this etheric realm does exist in your life and in your meditation and, and how to understand it and to move with it and move through it rather than you know, be caught up in it, be disturbed by it, uh, or uncomfortable. And it can be uncomfortable because when we go into that place of nothingness, sometimes it is very disturbing to us because we are used to having motion, having action, having disturbance, having problems. And in that moment of being in the nothingness, there is none of that. And in this pathway of meditation, we also come into those levels within ourselves where we are in that unconscious part of a particular realm. Each realm has different levels to it. And within each realm, there is an unconscious, etheric, void realm. A level, rather. As well as having the void realm itself. I know I'm probably confusing you more than I'm helping you. But be aware, if you're meditating on a regular basis, doing the hue, doing the anti-hue, doing the sacred name of God, going within, going up, and waking up here at the seat of the soul and beyond, there are times where you're going to have very active meditations, very creative meditations, movement, loving, actions taking place, such as loving, accepting, forgiving, within yourself and within your world. And then there are going to be times when there is nothing where you go into meditation and nothing happens. It's like you sit there for an hour, you sit there for two hours, and nothing is going on. 
and you get disturbed. You come back and you go, well, okay, I meditated. Why didn't I get anything? Why wasn't anything going on? And you come back the next day and you meditate some more and nothing. Be aware that as you're moving in this river of loving and moving through these different realms of consciousness that we are to move through to get to soul, to get to spirit, to get to God in God awareness, we are going to go through those different levels of the unconscious, wherever they lie within our journey. And when we are in them, we are going to go unconscious. We are going to not have a lot of experience. I've often talked about it as going into a plateau. You know, you're, you're moving up, you're moving up, you're having experience, you're hearing the sound, you're seeing the light, you're having things move inside of you, you're waking up to different things. And then you come to a place inside yourself where all of a sudden nothing is happening. And you're just on a plateau. And it seems as though it can last forever sometimes. I've known people that have been in a plateau for months. Months and months and months in the etheric realm. And they get more and more disturbed because they think like meditation isn't working anymore. I'm doing something wrong. Anybody can relate to that? but it's a normal process of our progression into God awakening. So allow that. Don't fight it. Don't struggle it. Don't judge it. Don't question it. Just allow yourself to be in that which is nothing in the moment, which is the void. Because it is a part of the journey. And believe it or not, even when you're going in that place of unconsciousness, you are working free of a lot of karma. Just as you've created karma in the physical, just as you've created karma in the imaginational, the emotional, and the mental bodies, you've also created karma in the unconscious. And you have to clear that part of your journey as well. So the soul goes on the journey, and it goes throughout all these different levels of our living conscious awareness. And then we get to the void. We're not really conscious, but we're still on the journey. And there, just like on all the other levels, as we're holding our focus on God, as we're holding our focus in loving, as we're chanting the sacred name, and the grace is active in all of that, and clearing karma on all those different levels and realms, we are also clearing karma in the unconscious. So allow yourself that opportunity, whether it's just for a day, a week, or six months. Be in whatever it is you're in. Don't struggle and try to get out of it. Be there and do it with loving. Do it with as much awareness, even in the unconscious, as you can. And by that I mean be on purpose in your meditation. Meditate with intention. Your intention is God. Your intention and purpose as a soul is to love God and to allow God loving back into you so that you are living in that river of loving all the time as much as you can. And you can do that even when you're in the unconscious because 
It is that river of loving. It is that pathway of loving that you are creating between you and God that is going to be the pathway that is going to take you through the etheric as well. Whether it be the unconscious level within a particular realm or the actual unconscious realm itself. It's very interesting that the unconscious realm is written about in the Bible in several places, but we aren't aware of it. The greatest place where it shows up is in the story of Moses leading the Jews out of Egypt. He goes in and he talks to the Pharaoh and he says to the Pharaoh, let my people go. He doesn't go and say, let all the Egyptians go, let everybody that's in Egypt go. He says, let those that are my people go out of your land of bondage. That's what a spiritual teacher does. We are here in this land of bondage, this Egypt, this earth, this physical creation that is a separate creation from the realms of spirit. We are here to say to the world and the creator of this world to let my people go. It's not our people. It's not my people and Brian's people. It's God's people. It's God's souls that are ready to go home. And we stand here or sit here and share with you a truth a truth about soul liberation, a truth about an inner action of liberating the consciousness from this world and waking up into your true home. And we offer that sacred name, the sacred name that is the keys to the kingdom, that is the power of the name, that will give you access to your freedom from this bondage from this land of bondage. And so Moses went before the Pharaoh as we go before the Lord of this creation. And we say to the creator of this creation, this level of reflection, let these souls go. They have been initiated. They have been marked. They are no longer yours. The karmas that you were in control of over them no longer are in your hands. They are in the hands of God and in the movement of grace. Let them go. And we are ever lifting you higher and higher in this journey. We are walking with you in this journey, guiding you across the deserts of this creation back to the realms of spirit. And it's when the people got to the Red Sea that they were blocked. They had nowhere to go. They had no way to get across that Red Sea because they didn't have a boat. They did not have any means by which to go across. But Moses stood upon a cliff and raised up the staff. And the staff is the sound the staff is a symbol of the sound current. He raised up the staff and he spoke the sacred name and the seas parted 
and allowed the Hebrew people to cross and go into the promised land. That's what we're doing. And it takes a spiritual teacher who has the power of the name living within them and the authority to initiate and to be a teacher to go before you and to open that passageway of the Red Sea, of the etheric realm, of that place of the nothingness where you can get lost and to open a pathway for you to walk. And that pathway is the path of loving that we are ever laying out for ourselves and for you. And we're asking you to do the same, to just be here and love the Lord and let God love you. That creates the pathway. And it's a direct pathway right back into the very heart of God. And it is a pathway that in that action opens up the etheric so that you can consciously go through it and not get lost in it. And believe me, you can. If you could consciously go there, and I'm blessed to be able to do that, because most people, when they go into the etheric, they really are not even aware of anything, nothing. They have no awareness. They have no consciousness. But I do. And when I have gone into the etheric and looked around, it's quite amazing because there are so many people there and so many different spiritual actions and positions that brought them up into the very top of the mind and they were able to slip into the etheric realm. A lot of Buddhists are there. A lot of that which is called the bodhisattvas, the Buddhas who have chosen not to go higher, but to come back to the world. They reside there. And they are in nothingness. Paramahansa Yogananda describes it very well in one of his books where he talks about being in that quiet, being in the nothingness. And there was nothing there and nothing in me taking place. And then Yukteswar came to me and called me down and tugged upon my, my cloth and said, come, come, we've got to go back and do more. And he pulled me out of the quiet. He pulled me out of that place of peace and back into the world to do. And he was disturbed because he didn't want to come back into the mind and back into the world again. There are so many different references by so many spiritual people who have gone into the etheric and have described it, but all the descriptions are the same. And there is nothing there. There is nothing there. Enoch described it just that way. And I went into the mind of myself, and I entered into the very highest part of my mind. And then I went beyond it, and I went into nothing. No thing. Nothing was there. And I was there in the nothing for so long. And at first it was peaceful and quiet and wonderful and something I had desired. 
And then something inside of me stirred, and I became aware that I was in nothing, no thing. And all of a sudden, I knew that there was nothing above me to go towards. And I knew if I stayed here in this nothing, I would become nothing myself. And so I pulled myself down, back into my mind. And he said, and now I know where God resides. God resides in the mind. That's what he says. Because he felt that God was in consciousness, not in nothingness. And that he had found a way to go beyond God, but that's not where he wanted to be. He wanted to be in God, which was to him at the level of the highest part of the mind. So we are on a different pathway. We are on a different pathway that has awareness that this that is the nothing that the Buddhists call nirvana is but just another part of the realm of the physical creation. The physical creation exists of the physical, the astral, imaginational, the causal, emotional, the mental, mind, and the etheric, unconscious. Those are the realms of the physical creation. And then above that is the first level of spirit, which is the soul realm, which is where the true you resides. The soul lives in the realm of soul, and it never leaves there. It does not really come down here. It has only sent a part of itself, a divine spark that resides here in the physical body to have experience here. But the soul's up there in glorious freedom of this creation, except for this one thread of attachment in this divine spark. The trick is that this divine spark got trapped by the mind and by the physical creation, and it keeps coming back for more and more and more and more because somehow it feels like I'm going to find something. I, I know I'm going to find something. I, I know it's here. I know I don't know where it is, but I'm going to find it. And it just keeps coming back and re-embodiment it again and again to find it. Because in that gaze downward, it has lost sight of its true nature and its true home. And part of the reason why it has lost the memory of itself and soul is because when it came down to the void and connected to the mind, that void blocked the awareness of where it came from or where it's going. Does that make sense? And so we as teachers are here to do one thing, to give you awareness of who you really are and to give you a way to get that awareness back for yourself. To know yourself as soul, to know yourself as divine, to know yourself as a spiritual being in this physical world and not just a physical being in a physical world at the whims of its nature here. And we give you the tools and the keys by which to do that. With the hue, with the anti-hue, with the sacred name, you have the tools, very simple tools, that you can use on a daily basis and you can use 
every minute of every day that you consciously can to lay out that pathway of loving between you here at the physical level and you at the soul realm so that you can begin to walk freely throughout all the realms and through the realms into the realm of soul and wake up in the truth of who you really are as a divine, loving being of God. That's what you are. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. That's who you are, and that is what you are to always be. So by using the sacred name, by doing the meditation, and by having the inner experiences, whatever they might be, is a process of waking up, a process of moving through karmas with grace. Because with the sacred name, the grace goes before you. It's just automatic. The grace is with you, and with the sacred name being chanted and you focusing loving on God, the grace goes before you. And anything that stands between you and God, the grace dissolves. It's not going to let it stand between you and God but you've got to be willing to let it dissolve. A lot of times the grace will go into a karmic pattern and begin to love it into nothingness once again. And as we do that, we may become aware of something moving, changing, dropping away. And if we're not careful, we'll go, oh, I want that. Where did it go? What, what is that? And pull it back on ourselves again. Or we'll fight to hold on to something, even though we don't know why we're fighting, because we sure don't want this, but you're not taking it away from me. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but it's a part of the pattern. Let it go. Let the grace dissolve whatever it can dissolve. Let the grace move away all that's, that stands between you and God so that you stand free. You stand free right here in this creation and on all levels and realms up into the very heart of God itself. That's what the power of the name does. This unspoken name of God is everything. It does the work for you if you allow it. But you also have to do the work. You have to sit down. You have to go inside. You have to hold a focus in your meditation at the seat of the soul and beyond, and you have to chant that sacred name. Bring it alive inside of you and let it live in you. And what is the sacred name? It's loving. It's the means by which God's loving can come alive in you again. The moment your soul was created in the realms, the very highest level of the soul realm, by the movement of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's been with you ever since that moment of creation. And the Holy Spirit has gone with you everywhere you have gone in all of creation, whether it be in the spiritual realms or in the physical. It's ever with you. And when you're here in this realm of separation where you forget because you've come through the realm of forgetfulness, through the unconscious, through that etheric void, and have forgotten 
who you are and where you came from. The Holy Spirit is right here with you, ever guiding and directing, protecting, and moving you forward as best it can, even though you maybe are not aware of it, and most of the time you haven't been. But now, with initiation, something wonderful happens because the Holy Spirit is no longer just standing out here supporting you and moving with you through things. It is now brought more directly inside of you because when the name is anchored in your consciousness, the Holy Spirit is that name and it is anchored in your consciousness. And it comes alive inside of you the more and more you chant it. And it's that Holy Spirit that then goes before you and life begins to be transformed. Maybe not in the world. Maybe the rest of your life is the same as it's always been because you're fulfilling certain physical destinies that you need to fulfill and bring them to a close so that you are liberated from this creation. But the grace goes before you clearing all those attachments, all those beliefs, all that has been holding you in bondage here. And that key to the kingdom, that sacred name, is the key to the prison doors by which you get liberated. There's five parts to this name. In the Sufi tradition, it's called the five-worded word. In the Sikh tradition, it was called the five-named of the five-worded name. And each part unlocks one of the doors through the realms to get up to the soul realm and beyond. We go through the astral, we go through the causal, we go through the mental, we go through the etheric, and we go into the soul. Five. Five realms. The hue that has been given to you which is one of the spoken names of God, is the key for the physical realm. And it brings you here. If you use that hue daily, it'll bring you here to the seat of the soul and wake you up and open the door. It opens that door of the prison of the physical level. Oh my God, you've got the keys to the prison. No longer can the warden or Kalanarinjan, or Lucifer, or whatever you would want to call him, can hold you in prison anymore if you will just use those keys wisely. You can go and unlock this door at the 10th door of the spiritual seat and go out and walk to the astral realm and unlock that door and go out and go into the next realm and open that door and go out until you get into the soul realm and just continue going. You've got the keys. So guess what? If that's true, you have no reason to complain anymore. You really don't. You've got God's grace not just in you and with you, but going before you, doing God's part in this journey. The other part you have to do is to do loving, accepting, and forgiving of yourself and of others and of this world and taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. Well, can't it be something more concrete that I can put my hands on and I can do it in a concrete way? These are things that I don't understand. 
How do I love myself? I hate myself. What do you mean love myself? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay, but I don't love I don't love myself. What does that feel like? I don't even know what love is. So how can I say I love myself when I don't feel loved? You do it anyway. Well, yeah, but how do I tell God I love God if I don't even know that there's really a God or that I know what love is, so you know, I don't feel love for God. You do it anyway. You do it until it happens. You put things in motion and you just keep refining it and defining it until all of a sudden you slip into it and you're there. And I'll tell you how you'll know loving. For the most part, most of us know loving when we're in meditation and we're saying, Lord, I don't know. I'm loving you. I don't know that you know that. I don't know that you feel it because I don't feel it, but I'm loving you right now. And as I chant this name, I'm loving you. And I'm opening to receive your love. If it's there, I'm open to receive it. And then one day, you feel God's love come in. You feel it move inside of you. You feel that movement that lightens everything for a moment. And now you know loving exists. And it isn't anything like what you think it's going to be. There's no way to describe it. You have to experience it. But once you've experienced it, it's everything. And it's all that you ever want from then on. And then you can get up and you can go do the day and you can go do your work and you'd be with your family and do the things of the world you've always done. But you do it with a different attitude. You do it with that sense of loving. God loves me. I can do this. I love God. I can move through this. And that's how your life changes. That's how your karma gets transformed. It's in the movement of loving God and God loving you. And what is God loving? God's loving that divine spark that is God. You came out of the ocean of loving. Out of the oneness, you were brought forward as an individualized soul to go forward as an individualized consciousness into all of creation and to have experience individually. You are this living, loving essence of the Lord that has been brought forward as a soul being to have experience. And you're now going to start waking up to the knowing of that as you begin to know the movement of loving once again in a true way, in a real way. Not in the way of the illusionary storyline of love in this world. Love in this world is just an illusion. But loving in spirit and the loving that is God is the only real thing, the only true thing. And that's what your life is about. The soul was created for one purpose, and that was that God had something in his creation to love and love God back. That's your purpose. And that's why that's your direction that has been given you for your meditation. So if you go into a place for a while in your life, 
or in your meditation, and it usually is all in one, look and see if there's nothing happening, if it's boring, if it's non-existent, there's no action in my meditation, there's nothing going on in my world. It's like I just have no control over myself, over the world, nothing. I can't make change happen. Let it be okay. Be in that plateau for a moment. Be in that nothingness for a while. And know that even in the midst of there, if you're loving God and you're calling forward God's loving to be in your life, that you're walking through even there karmas that are in the unconscious. And believe me, you'd be surprised to see some of the karmas that we have placed there. A lot of the stuff that's there are the things that we've avoided. I don't want to deal with this. It's like time, you know, push it aside, push it aside. I'll ignore it. I'll, I'll push it into the unconscious. I just won't deal with it. No, God, I don't want to look at this. No, no, go away, go away. We even do that with God itself. When God is right in our face and we're, God's saying, I love you, please come back home, come on back home. We'll push God into the unconscious and say, I don't want to think about it. And so we have a lot of stuff stored up in the unconscious. And you know what is happening when people have Alzheimer's? It's a great opportunity for a soul to work through some things in the unconscious level. In this lifetime, we all have brought a package of unlearned lessons, karmas, into this lifetime to handle, and we have been given the tools for this lifetime for these karmas to handle them. And so here we are with this package, and we unwrap it, and we go, oh, are you kidding me? I don't want to do this this lifetime. Forget that. No, 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 I'm, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'll try that, but I don't think I'll be able to do it. And this, forget it, that's going up there too. And we push a lot of our own destinies and our own lessons away and into our unconscious. And we avoid them and we ignore them. And we don't give it attention. But God has an intention that you're going to get this package cleared as best you can this lifetime because you're on a pathway moving forward even though you don't know it as a soul. And so you get older and older and older and you keep avoiding it. You won't look at them and you won't pay attention and you won't take responsibility and you won't do loving, accepting, and forgiving. And so God goes, okay, well, there's one other way to do this. I'll put you into the unconscious state and you'll just clear your karmas in the unconscious state. And so off people go into Alzheimer's. They go unconscious at this level. And they go into the dream state. And in the dream state, they work through those karmas. That takes about 10 to 12 years for them to work through the karmas at an unconscious level. And they don't have control over it, so it's going to happen. But it takes about 10 to 12 years for them to work through those karmas, usually. It can last longer, but usually. Now, some of those karmas could have handled in 12 minutes if you had just forgiven yourself, or forgiven your mother, or forgiven this, or forgiven that, or taken responsibility and said, yeah, yeah, I lied. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? But no, 
push it away and say, I never lied to you. I've never lied to you. Now I've got to go back in in my unconscious state and deal with my lies. And what could have taken just a few moments of me confessing it will take me years on the inner levels in the dream state to finally work through it. That's what Alzheimer's is. It's a blessing even though it looks like a curse because it's God's grace still working us free even when we aren't willing to do the work ourselves. Interesting, isn't it? So if you don't want Alzheimer's, do the work. (laughs) Do it consciously and do it here and do it now and even better, do it in the meditation. And then there's no need for it. There's no reason for it. It's just that simple. I have an answer for everything. (laughs) Now, how do you know that that's true? How do you know that that's true? It's something you would like to believe is true. It makes sense. But you've got to go in your own meditation and find out the truth yourself. Brian and I are going to tell you a lot of stories. There are truths. But to you, they're stories because they're not true. You don't know. Hope they are. Hope that's true. Hope that's what my mother went through when she had Alzheimer's or whatever. Now it makes sense. Find out. Go inside and find the truth for yourself. Find the truth. I challenge you to go in and prove me wrong as to what's going on in the meditation, with the sacred name, with the grace, with the unconscious realm and all the, all the realms, prove me wrong. I would love it if you could prove me wrong because I'll know that you've gone in and done something to be able to find that proof. But ultimately I know that when you go in to prove me wrong, you're going to find the truth for yourself. And it may not be the same as mine, it may not move the same as I have moved, but it will be the same. And it's going to get us all to the same place. All right. 